first journey part six of narrative of the operations and recent discoveries in egypt and nubia by giovanni belzoni this librivox recording is in the public domain first journey part six in the morning of the eleventh we passed near the ruined town of ada in a pleasant situation commanding a view of the nile and a considerable part of the country it contains a great number of houses built like those at ibram but the land on the east side is covered with sand the western bank of the nile is fertile abounding with trees of various sorts acacias tamarisks and many thorny groups farther on we came to the district of kosko on both sides of the nile then to anhana or odnam garba zaras and a little farther to the island of the same name beyond which was antero on the south and above it on the same side diberet and the island so called in almost all these parts we observed the left side of the nile quite barren except at zaras on the right it is pretty full of palm trees and some dura is seen the soil of the islands however seems to be most fertile we next reach eshke the residence of the kachef and certainly the best spot of land above ibram and aswan the trees are very thick here and a large tract of land is cultivated along the nile producing a great deal of dura and cotton which being cleaned and sent to cairo are exchanged for ready-made linens salt and tobacco on our arrival we were told that asian kachef was not now at eshke but would return in a few days as he was only at a small distance as i did not like to go back to isambul till i had an interview with him we advanced to the second cataract situated a little higher up the nile here turns to the southwest the lands as we advance still continued to be well cultivated and the few huts which were visible among the trees were stronger and better built than those of the arabs of egypt we fastened our boat to the shore in the same district we set off early next morning and with a good north wind soon saw allo anortis on the right and above it on the left de bruce a little farther on was an island of the same name and higher up on our left the district of angosh or sukhoi i had expected judging from the rocky nature of the country about the first cataract to have seen the mountain of the second at a great distance but to my surprise we arrived at the very last district without perceiving anything but a flat country before us the territory of wadi halfa is the last on the nile on this side of the cataract in the middle of the river is an island called givarti after this another called menarti and beyond these two others named genesep and inerte these four are cultivated but there are others innumerable which form the shalal or cataract that are all barren some present nothing to the eye but bare stones and sand others a few sycamore trees and sunt but there are no palm trees except in the four islands first mentioned about nine in the morning we made to the shore as near as possible to the last cultivated land on the left which is wadi halfa a few of the natives came to see us whom i requested to bring some asses that we might ride to the cataract a request they complied with without any difficulty mrs belzoni and myself the janizary and interpreter advancing before us proceeded as far as the day would permit us so as to return in proper time to the bark at night we had many views of the cataract and in different directions i mounted one of the rocks to have a distant view of the deserts and as far as i could see it is a flat country except a few rocks that project here and there particularly at the river side but they are of small dimensions 
towards the desert we saw several wild antelopes which kept at a great distance from us as the nile was high the current had not so great a fall as when it is low but i believe the cataract is not navigable at any time of the year the rock forming this cataract differs from that of the first for here is no granite but a kind of black marble quite as hard some say it is black granite but i cannot consider it as such the grain of it is too coarse and not so compact as that of granite we returned to the bark after sunset and immediately crossed to the island menate where we arrived at dusk we saw fires and people at a distance but when we arrived we could not find any one their huts were left with all they had which consisted only of dry dates and a kind of paste made of the same which they kept in large vases of clay baked in the sun and covered with baskets made of palm leaves a baking stove and a mat to sleep on were the whole of their furniture they had pots and leathern bags to bring water from the nile for their lands their settlement consisted of four men and seven women with two or three children they have no communication with the mainland except when the water is low for at any other time the current being immediately under the cataract is so rapid as to render it impossible to ford it and boats never go to these islands seldom passing farther than wadi halfa they are poor but happy knowing nothing of the enticing luxuries of the world and resting content with what providence supplies as the reward of their industry there are a few sheep and goats which furnish them with milk all the year round and the few spots of land they have are well cultivated producing a little dura which forms their yearly stock of provision the wool they spin into yarn wind the threads round little stones and thus suspend them to a long stick fixed in an horizontal position between two trees to form a warp and by passing another thread alternately between these fabricate a kind of coarse cloth with which they cover the lower part of their bodies i visited along with the rice the whole of the rock which is about an eighth of a mile in length and half as much in breadth it was quite late when we found this poor but truly happy people they had lighted a fire to make their bread and it was this fire which directed us to that quarter they were all hidden in a hole under some ruins of an old castle which stands on the south side of the island and when we approached them the women set up a loud scream through fear our rice who was a native of the lower part of nubia could talk their language and pacify them yet notwithstanding this we could not entice more than one man out of the place their fear was owing to some depredations committed by the robbers of wadi halfa a few years before who at low water forded over to the island and did all the injury that could be done to such people we assured them that we were not like the robbers of wadi halfa but came only to get some one to show us the way to the cataract at this they were more afraid than ever and said that it never appeared that boats passed higher than wadi halfa which is at the beginning of the cataract it being impossible to proceed farther owing to the quantity of rocky islands the rice himself opposed my wish to ascend further fearing more for his boat than for our lives at last it was concluded that the rice should leave his son on the island as a hostage for the two men while they came on board to show us the way up they knew their way to these islands for at low water they frequent them to collect some of the earth from which they extract a sort of saltpetre which they use in their food i had reasons for not remaining at night with the boat fastened to the mainland and consequently preferred staying at the island 
early in the morning of the fourteenth we took on board the two men of the island to pilot us towards the cataract as far as the boat would go and then to show us the way we should proceed we went on with the same strong north wind and as we had plenty of water advanced with our bark till we found ourselves so tossed about by the different currents and eddies as to prevent our further progress and at the same time were so situated that we could not return back for fear of being driven against some of the rocks which abounded on each side thus we were confined to one spot for about an hour sometimes we had a rapid start for a hundred yards then all at once were stopped and turned round in spite of all our efforts and of the north wind which blew very hard at last we were caught on a sudden in one of the eddies of water and driven against a rock concealed about two feet below the surface the shock was terrible and i must confess having mrs belzoni on board i felt no small degree of alarm as i thought the boat was split in two for my own part perhaps i might have swum on shore but mrs belzoni was no small charge to me on this occasion however as it pleased god and to my astonishment there was no harm done we succeeded in getting to the other side of the river as quickly as possible and when we arrived forgot all the danger we had just passed we landed and took our route on foot mrs belzoni myself the interpreter the janizary the two men from the island and four boys belonging to the bark carrying with us some provision and water we proceeded on the rocks and over a plain of sand and stones till we arrived at the rock called apsir which is the highest in the neighbourhood of the cataract and commands a complete view of the falls the prospect from this spot is magnificent the several thousand islands you see of various sizes and forms with as many different falls of water running rapidly onward while countercurrents return with equal velocity exhibit a diversified appearance truly grand the blackness of the stones the green of the trees on the islands intermixed with the white froth of the water form a fine picture which can scarcely be described or delineated hence you see the four cultivated islands which lie on the south or the most remote part of the cataract they are named as follows nuba gamarti dulcely and soker on the north side are two others called dorga and tabai these islands are inhabited by a race of people who may be looked on as living in the most primitive state for no one ever goes to them nor do they ever quit their island they are very few in number in some of the islands not more than five or six and they live on the produce of the few spots of ground they find on them which they continually irrigate with the common machine named haid consisting only of a piece of sheepskin and two sticks by which they draw up the water they have also a few sheep and fabricate a cloth from cotton produced in the islands in the same manner as they make that of wool on the left of the cataract the soil differs from that on the right it consists of soft whitish stones and sand from this spot it may be seen that the course of the river is for a considerable extent among the rocks and the summits of two high mountains are to be seen at a great distance this part is not frequented by travellers for there is no mode of conveyance and no inhabitants on that side of the cataract boats never venture thither when the water is low it is impossible and when high it would require a very strong north wind to stem the rapid current against you we returned slowly to the bark and took our course towards the island we had left in the morning 
but unfortunately the wind being very strong drove us to the island of gulge the rice wished to pass the whole night there but in the evening the wind shifting a little we returned to the island we were at before but again notwithstanding the proof we had given of our harmless intentions the natives were not to be seen and even the two men who had been with us in the boat no sooner landed than they disappeared the son of the rice however was preparing some food and we were glad to have escaped the danger of so many eddies and rocks i forgot to mention that on the island of gulge i perceived the remains of an ancient wall in the form of a church and built of sun-baked bricks it was in the centre of the island and consisted of three divisions see plate thirty two fifteenth in the morning we would not leave the island without seeing the inhabitants the men soon appeared for their bakshish and at last came the women to see mrs belzoni who made them presents of glass bead necklaces with which they were wonderfully pleased though it is their custom to take all and give nothing they did not even return us thanks for what they received but took their presents laughed and ran away immediately we now descended the river with a strong north wind against us and though some authors assert that the nile has no waves but runs quite smooth i can assure the reader that we were this day tossed about as if by a gale at sea the wind blowing fresh against a strong current naturally caused this effect we arrived in the afternoon at the village of iskus and went to see ossian Kachev, who was returned and to whom we had a letter from his brother mahatmat at deer i had landed with my interpreter and the janizary and entered a kind of house made in the shape of an angle of a propylon these houses would not stand the weight of an upper apartment if they were built perpendicularly for the clay walls of which they are made would fall outward the kachev's house was adorned with an old mat spread on the ground as usual a water-jar and a chain with two hooks made in a particular manner this was that same ossian who was one of the two brothers that caused mr burkhart to return from tenere he was about sixty-eight years of age five feet eleven inches high stout and robust and able to support the charge he was born to hold he was surrounded by thirty men all armed some with matchlock guns and long swords and some with spears and shields instead of guns he was clothed in a long tunic down to his feet made of white woolen cloth with a belt round his waist to which his sword flint and steel were attached over his shoulder he had a long shawl made of the same stuff as the tunic thrown partly over his head so as to cover it from the sun he had also a red turban and on his feet a pair of ragged shoes notwithstanding his dress there was an air of superiority about him which distinguished him at once above all the rest it is worthy of observation that even among barbarians great respect is paid to superiors and those very men who would murder a fellow-creature in a difference about a few pipes of tobacco almost tremble at the frown of a single and sometimes harmless old man his inquiries concerning my business were very minute but i soon brought the affair of the temple forward which did not a little surprise him he said he knew the entrance into the place very well that the round ball on the large head was the door of the great deer as he named it and if removed i could immediately enter this round ball was no other than the globe on the head of the hawk-headed osiris which stood over the door as i mentioned before 
at first he stated to me the great difficulty if not impossibility of opening this place and at last when i had endeavoured to remove these obstacles he made me promise that if i found the temple full of gold i should give him half to this i agreed on condition that if i found only stones they should all be my property and he immediately assented for he said he wanted no stones upon this he gave me a letter to his son at isambul and when i left him and went on board i sent him some trifling presents which he received with pleasure and sent us a lamb when i came to the bark i found it crowded with women who had learned from our crew as we passed upwards that there was a woman on board and as soon as we arrived on our return they all ran to the shore mrs belzoni not supposing they would come in such numbers made a present of some glass beads to one of the wives of the kachef this was enough they increased in crowds and we had to please them all next morning we continued our voyage and arrived very early at isambul we went to see a small temple on the south side opposite the village but it is of no consequence only it may be remarked as the last on the nile on this side of the cataract it has served as a chapel to the christian greeks and the figures of the apostles remain nearly perfect painted on the wall and roof we crossed the river and i went immediately to daoud kachif having presented the letter from his father he sent for the men who were intended to work i found these people complete savages and entirely unacquainted with any kind of labour they had changed their minds since i was there last and though i had the authority of the kachef they would not work my persuasion was of no avail first because they were not inclined to such labour secondly they did not know the value of money and so forth at last i pretended to give up my project and go away when the kachef saw that i meant to go and that he should lose many a good present he began to talk to them and at last with much difficulty reduced the payment to one-half of what they had demanded before on my agreeing to this they immediately insisted that i should employ as many as they chose it was in vain i told them thirty were more than sufficient for my purpose they would not hear of less than a hundred with this it was impossible for me to comply so i rose and took leave of the kachef ordering the rice to go on board and set off immediately this however was not satisfactory to the parties they had still more to say and at last it was concluded that i should take forty men who were to be at the bark before the sun rose next morning as it was nearly two miles from the village to the temple i went on board heartily wishing i had done with these people seventeenth early in the morning when i expected to see these wild men for such i must call them i was greatly disappointed the sun was very high and no one appeared i then returned to the kachef to inquire whether the men meant to make a joke of the business or to work not being accustomed to be disturbed so early he rose very slowly and sent a party of his soldiers to search for the men some of whom at last made their appearance while others pretended they could not come their excuse was that they saw a bedouin in the desert and they were all on the watch the day before they wanted to be employed to the number of a hundred and to-day they were unwilling to be employed at all at length some arrived by land some by water but very late and we went at last to the temple 
i took it patiently and began the work in such a direction that the sand should fall off from the centre of the front of the temple where naturally the door must be they had a long stick with a cross-piece of wood at the end at each extremity of which was a rope one man drew the long stick back and another pulled it forward this is the method they use in removing the earth in their cultivated ground and i found it very useful in clearing away sand also as it was the first day of our enterprise they went on better than i expected and all their thoughts and talk were on the quantity of gold pearls and jewels we should find in the place i did not discourage them in their supposition as i considered it to be the best stimulus they could have to proceed at noon i gave them some boiled lentils and bread soup with which they were pretty well pleased the kachev who attended to the work himself partook of what i ate at night i paid the men and recommended them to be there again early in the morning the kachev and a part of his court came on board and we returned to the village for the night eighteenth in the morning we went to the temple and the fellas came after us rather late and we began the work again very slowly i had to use a great deal of persuasion this day for the savages were led to think they had laboured too hard on the first day so that they were obstinate and i had much ado to prevail on them to continue as they complained of being very much tired i promised that they should not work the next day but be allowed to rest themselves we ended this day's work before sunset and returned to the village finding ourselves but ill supplied with provision in this place i offered more than usual for a sheep but to no purpose i was obliged to eat rice and water and very little of that as we had not much on board our stock of butter was quite finished and milk was very scarce nineteenth in the morning i went to see the kachef to speak about some palm wood i found him quite changed in his behaviour starting a thousand difficulties in particular that the fellows would not come to work any more as it was useless for them to fatigue themselves for a little money adding that it was impossible to get any palm wood though at the same time we were surrounded by it i answered that this was not our agreement and as i kept my word and paid the fellows according to our first engagement i expected them to perform their part of the bargain after much debate it was at last concluded that i should see the fellows at night and try myself what could be done for he could not serve me in short i could make nothing of him but his interpreter soon gave me to understand that all this difficulty arose from my not having made him any considerable present and the soldier who was with me from siut told me that i ought not to omit giving him a brace of pistols or some other valuable thing i saw through the plot immediately and i also knew that these people never feel grateful for anything after they receive it but think only of contriving new tricks to extort more if possible so that it is just the same whether you give or not however i took a middle course and told the interpreter that i would provide a good bakshis both for his master and himself if they would interest themselves in my favour in the afternoon the savages were all assembled and i was sent for the brother of the kachif whom i saw the first time we arrived at isambul was there his behaviour however was altered and much for the better so that he who at first was rough became smooth and the smooth became rough i inquired about the wood and was told that i must go to a place two leagues off 
where i should find some but this was said only to start new difficulties as i knew there was plenty in the village with respect to the savages i was informed that they would not come to work so hard unless i doubled the numbers it was in vain for me to tell them that a man does not work more when alone than when accompanied by multitudes they were obstinate and i could do nothing with them for had i consented to employ a hundred i should soon have been called on to make it up two hundred i promised to give bakshis to the brother of the kachif who began to talk to them in their own language and to my astonishment all at once they agreed to come to the number of forty only on condition however that i should give them the sixth part of an odep of corn to make bread with the kachif seemed displeased with the influence of his brother and rose and walked off a barbarian from deir who was a stranger in the island and had come thither to cultivate a piece of ground had bought some wood to build a sakias or water-machine but as he could not agree with the savages at isambul and was going away he proposed to sell his wood to me and i gladly availed myself of the opportunity and thus got over this difficulty twentieth next day in the morning the people came slowly to work but upon the whole we went on very well though i had much ado to make them proceed in the right way the kachef with his attendants came to see how we were proceeding and gave me to understand that he intended dining with me i told him i was very glad of his company but had nothing except boiled rice unless he would order his people to kill a sheep for us which i would gladly pay for they consulted about who could afford to part with the sheep and receive piastres in payment and at last the order was given to an old man who had five which was a greater number than anybody else when the sheep was brought to us the difficulty was to fix the price of it being the first ever sold for money in that place to put a high price on it would have increased the value of sheep in general and consequently would have been against the interest of the kachef for when he receives his revenue in these animals he sets them at a very low price that he may have the more given him to estimate it at a low price would be worse for it would be against them all in the exchange of sheep for dura with the other villages finding it a dangerous point to decide it was at length resolved that no price at all should be put upon the sheep but that the man should make me a present of it and i should give anything i pleased in return to prevent any standard being established from what i gave the man i paid him in soap tobacco and salt at dinner the sheep was brought in pieces in two wooden bowls and the kachef and his attendants seated themselves in a circle on the sand near the temple the extremities of their filthy hands were soon washed in the liquor and in a few seconds the whole was devoured not being accustomed to this unceremonious sort of feasting i stood but a poor chance but in subsequent occurrences of this kind i contrived to take my share without interfering with their scramble soon after dinner coffee was brought up from the boat and i went on board to take my dinner with mrs belzoni who had boiled rice and water for her fare in preference to the chieftain's mess of mutton in a short time the kachef approached and signified his wish to speak to me in secret we retired and his principal interpreters were called to us the great secret was this on the night before as he stood on the bank close to our boat he saw me drinking a coffee-cup of red liquor that i poured out of a bottle and having inquired what it was was told it was nebet wine 
now he had heard that the wine of the english was much better than what they made in their own country with dates he wished therefore to have some to drink also but in a secret way fortunately i had a few bottles left from our stock in cairo which we preserved for extraordinary occasions and i sent my interpreter down to the boat to fetch one when the wine was first poured out into a cup and presented to the kachef he sternly looked at the interpreter and told him to drink first the interpreter who was a copt and had been in the french army for several years did not want much persuasion to make a libation to bacchus so with a smile he soon convinced the kachef of the purity of the contents of the bottle and the kachef did not hesitate to drink the next cup at the first taste it did not appear to him so strong as he had supposed but at last he found it so good that in three days my scanty stock was nearly finished i had much reason to repent having taken a janissary with me for instead of assisting me in my dealing with these people he was the first to suggest to them what they never would have thought of it is not to be supposed that a mussulman will ever take the part of a christian dog against any of his own religion unless he is responsible for the life of the stranger and then he does it for his own sake and not from any attachment to the european the work went on very slowly this day but altogether we had made a considerable advance in the sand towards the centre of the front of the temple end of first journey part six